This is Brewers on Tap. Welcome you into episode number 34 of Brewers on Tap, the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. Hi again, everybody. Jeff Levering with you, your host of the podcast, at least for the time being. But more on that as we progress in episode number 34. But as always, you can get yourselves involved in each and every podcast through your comments and your questions through the Brewers Twitter accounts at Brewers and using the hashtag Brewers on Tap. So I gave you a little bit of a tease of me being the host of this podcast, at least for the time being. So it was announced last week that Joe Block would be moving on from the Milwaukee Brewers. He has taken a job as the lead broadcaster on the radio side and doing a little television work as well with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I've been shifted from the number three position in the broadcast booth and filling in for Bob Uecker when he doesn't travel to being elevated into the number two chair. So I'll be working every single ball game this year, 162 of those. When Bob is on the call, I'll be his number two guy. And when the legend Mr. Baseball decides he doesn't want to make a road trip, I get an opportunity to get in that lead chair and work with somebody new. Applications have been coming in, about 200 strong so far, to see who's going to be the number three guy here in town. And more news on that search coming up later on in February. So that's good news for me. I love doing the podcast, and hopefully we'll get an opportunity to do a few more as well. But just want to let you guys know out there in podcast world, it has been an absolute pleasure to get to do this for just over a year. So that's it on the broadcast side of things. Also, some more wheeling and dealing by the Brewers. It was announced this last weekend on Saturday that David Stearns, the general manager of the Brewers, made yet another trade, dealing shortstop Gene Segura and pitcher Tyler Wagner to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The D-backs giving the Brewers infielder Aaron Hill, right-hander Chase Anderson, and 19-year-old and Pioneer League MVP shortstop and second baseman Isan Diaz. It is very noteworthy. Again, Aaron Hill, who is 33 years old, he's won a silver slugger a couple of different times. He'll be in the battle for the second base position. Might even play a little bit of third base for the Brewers coming up this season. But right-hander Chase Anderson slides right into the Brewers' starting rotation, filling up those five spots with Taylor Youngman, Willie Peralta, Jimmy Nelson, and Matt Garza. So Chase Anderson, also noteworthy on him. Last year, he had five starts before he went on the disabled list with a sore arm in July. He was on the DL July 19th and came back on August 7th. And if you take out those five starts before he went on the disabled list with that sore arm, he had a 3.33 earned run average over his other 22 starts. So that's not bad to add to the Brewers' rotation. Good sinker ball guy with a good off-speed pitch. Chase Anderson certainly is going to be a bright spot in that Brewers' rotation. And about the 19-year-old prospect from the Pioneer League last year, who was the MVP, from all accounts, he is a keeper. More than likely a second baseman of the future for the Brewers because of Orlando Arcia, who plays shortstop, left-handed batter, who's got good pop and doubles power, and a very slick glove in the middle infield. Diaz immediately slides in the number 15 spot on MLB.com's Brewers prospect rankings, and we'll have more on those prospect rankings as we check in on the farm later on in this podcast. 
Well, this last weekend, it was Brewers on deck at the Wisconsin Center. It was very, very well attended. Just about 11,000 fans making their way through downtown Milwaukee to see their brand-new Brewers. And one of the newest members of the Milwaukee Brewers is first baseman Chris Carter. Big-time slugger with power. Made his Major League debut with the Oakland Athletics a few years ago. Some big years with the Houston Astros. Should hit a lot of home runs at Miller Park and play good first base for you as well. I had an opportunity to catch up with Chris Carter at Brewers on Deck in this week's edition of Catching Up with the Crew. Let's catch up with the crew. We are at Brewers on Deck, and one of the newest members of the Brewers, first baseman Chris Carter, joins us now. And Chris, it's been quite the offseason for you. Uh, now you're a member of the Brewers. You know, Take me through what's kind of been going on and how those negotiations went to get here to Milwaukee. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, Stearns around Christmas time and uh, you know, ended up coming out here for the physical, I think, first week of January. And, uh, you know, that was after that. And you know, once you got that cleared up, you know, then I'm here. And, you know, I'm just happy to be here. I mean, first and with the fans here, everyone's been great. Uh, I mean, you know, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of support here, so I'm happy to, you know, you know, be here and uh, be able to play here and find these fans, and it'll be fun for us this year. How big was it with your relationship with David Stearns to come to Milwaukee? No, he's a great guy. You know, I, I was able to build a relationship with there in Houston, and he was assistant GM, and, you know, he's always down on the field and batting practice stuff. He was always accessible to talk to, so it's just been a guy I've been able to talk to, and, you know, one of those guys that, he's like, you know, he's approachable and, you know, he'll tell to you straight, so... You know, I was happy to be here with him again and, uh, you know, just help him out. And, uh, You're excited to hit at Miller Park? It's a pretty hitter-friendly ballpark, not like you didn't have one down in Houston at the Juice Box. But, I mean, what's it what's it going to be like for you hitting at Miller Park? Oh, it's my first time, you know, playing here. So, I mean, from what I hear, everyone says it's a really good park and the ball carries well. So, you know, hopefully that's the case and, uh, you know, do some damage here. Chris Carter is our guest. And, Chris, you've been through a couple of different organizations now. I saw you back in the Cal League when you were with the A's. Uh, you were with the Diamondbacks for a while, I believe, the White Sox, your original organization, uh, the Houston Astros, now the Brewers. I mean, you just go keep doing your thing. You keep hitting home runs. You play, keep playing good first base. You know, what's part of your game that you're trying to improve on every year? Uh, I think the base thing I, should, I need to work on is consistency because, you know, I've had, like, where it'll be really hot for a month and then not for a couple and then really hot again. So I'm just trying to be consistent the whole year and not have those ups and downs. Have you had an opportunity to chat with our hitting coach, Darnell Coles, at all? Yeah, a little bit. You know, introduce himself and uh, just talked a little bit and talked to um, Jason Lane, too, about hitting a little bit, you know, from his standpoint of being a pitcher and a hitter. So, you know, I think it'll be those are two guys that'll be good for us this year and uh, we'll learn a lot from them. What's really interesting, you mentioned Jason Lane. I mean, he was pitching last year in AAA. How crazy is it that he's now our assistant hitting coach? I know, it's crazy. I even faced him when he was in AAA, too, like back in 2012 when he was making that conversion. So it's kind of crazy now that he's one of the coaches here. So, But, you know, a guy that you can respect and look up to. So it's to be good. You had an opportunity to chat with Craig Council at all? Yeah, not too much. He's been, you know, kind of busy being pulled in every direction. But, you know, from what I've seen, he's uh, you know pretty good with the guys and a good relationship. And, you know, and watching him on TV, he speaks well about, you know, highlighting everybody. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty fun atmosphere, as you talked about, your first really indoctrination to Milwaukee fans. You know, you hadn't played here as a, as a, fan, as a player, but, I mean, this is a good opportunity to get to know the fans a little bit. What do you think so far? No, they're, they've been great. You know, everyone's been, you know, welcome, telling me welcome to Milwaukee and big smiles everywhere, and everyone's happy to have me here. So, that's, I mean, it feels good to have, you know, the fans behind you already and you haven't played a game yet. And it's pretty nice to know that you can be entrenched at first base and not have to worry about it. You don't. You know, there's not really anybody else competing with you for that first base job. That has to be comfortable, right? Yeah, no, it's a good feeling to have. You know, there's, you know, he comes spring training, and you know, just get the working you need, and not have to worry about the whole competition thing. Where, 
you know, they always look behind your shoulder and it's, you know, it's, you get to work on I need and get ready for the season. And you get to go back to Arizona and not go to Florida. Yeah, it's way better out in Arizona. I mean, Florida, you know, the travel there sucks, you know, two, three or hour bus rides and, you know, just getting late night. So it'd be nice. Kind of nice to only go an hour at the most if you hit traffic in Arizona, right? Yeah, that, that's always a plus. Chris, uh, welcome aboard, man. We really look forward to a great season from you and uh, great things for 2016. All right, thank you. We thank Chris Carter for his time on the podcast this week. And I saw Chris Carter as a minor league player. He had just been traded from the Arizona Diamondbacks to the Oakland Athletics back in 2008. And he had one of the best weekends I had ever seen. At the time, I was working for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes in the California League in high class A. Carter was playing for the Stockton Ports, single A affiliate of the A's. And Carter hit five home runs in the course of three games and drove in 16 runs. I didn't think anybody was going to be able to get him out, and he was destined for stardom. A few years later, he would end up realizing some of that potential with Oakland and then with Houston. So now the Brewers have an opportunity to see Chris Carter at first base every day, and he's looking forward to being penciled in that everyday lineup with Craig Council. A couple of weeks ago, it was the NCAA National Championship game that featured Jimmy Nelson's Alabama Crimson Tide and Bill Schroeder's Clemson Tigers. Well, Bill Schroeder, after that ball game, appeared on MLB Network's Hot Stove Report with former Brewers broadcaster and partner of Bill Schroeder on the television broadcast, Matt Vaskersian and Harold Reynolds. He talked about not only that national championship game, and how he thinks the Brewers are doing so far. It's a new plan put in place by David Stearns and Assistant General Manager Matt Arnold. And Bill Schroeder talked about what he thinks about the future of the Brewers in this week's Let's Break It Down. Let's Break It Down. Bill Schroeder has spent the last 20-plus years as the Milwaukee Brewers color analyst and joins us on Hot Stove. Rock, uh, congratulations on your club getting there as a Clemson alum, but uh, sorry it didn't go your way last night. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, by the way. But uh, you could have played a Deshaun Watson pass for a touchdown or something. Exactly. <laughs> we got one of those. We'll, we'll what, show you what that. A great, what a great game it was. Great season for the Tigers. And um, you know, it was one of those seasons going in that you know nobody really figured what they were going to be doing. There's a lot of young kids. I mean, you know, Watson's a sophomore. You got a lot of young kids on the D line, and it was a lot of fun watching them. I know we, we thought you were there, and we're, we we understand that you watched it from uh, Chile, uh, Wisconsin yesterday. You had some people over the house. The, about the only thing that a lot of people knew about Clemson football uh, was that the fridge went there. I mean, that was like one of their big things, <laughs> right? I mean, this was not a, this is not a program that's that's used to getting there every year like Alabama and some other schools. Right, I know, and you know, they, they, you know, Dabo Sweeney's done a terrific job. You know, he he's been there a while. He, you know, these guys have bought into his uh, his style. He played, they, you know, he coaches a lot of emotion. And I guess the thing that most people remember about Clemson football football was back in the '80s, if you remember, in the Orange Bowl when they won the national championship. Charlie Ballman getting into a scuffle with Woody Hayes, if you remember that on the oh, side. Oh yeah, that was that, guy, that was it for Woody after that. CLA yeah. and Woody Hayes when he yeah, grabbed him by the neck. Yeah, no kidding. But, uh, you know, they've uh, certainly made a name for themselves. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them going, to, going pretty deep uh, next year, too. They uh, they had a terrific year, young kids, and 
A lot of talent. That was a terrific football game last night. Uh, that's hey, awesome. let's let's talk a little Brewers baseball with you while we have you on the phone here, Rock. And and my question is this: You've known Craig Council for a long, long time, and uh, we know about his history with the organization. His dad, formerly working at the front office there, so you've known Craig since he was a kid. Yeah. Uh, among the things that he grew into last year, where did you see? the most positive development? I mean, I'm sure that there was a part of you that was real proud of the way he kind of yeah. got there and handled it. Well, he had a difficult thing difficult thing to deal with. I mean, he, he got the job in, in May. The Brewers, you know, expected coming out of spring training, I thought they were going to compete. But I think it was, a, you know, a 7-20 start. You know, Ron Rennick gets fired. Craig Council gets thrown in. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, all the trades were made. And he's got a completely different team. But... No, Craig, uh, you know, relied heavily on his coaches. He's a good communicator. I think what we saw from Craig last year was a guy that's not afraid to tell his players what he expects out of them, not afraid to pull them into the office and, you know, give them a talking to if he needs to. And, um, you know, it's a learning process for him. And as well, it is for a lot of these young kids. I mean, I was looking at the roster the other day, Brewers 40-man roster right now. They've got a couple of guys born in 1993. We've got Orlando Arcia, one of their one of their great prospects, and he's going to be a good one, shortstop. But he's born in 1994. Maddie, what were you doing in 1994? I mean, uh, I, I was unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was getting ready to come work with you in Milwaukee. Yeah, a couple was, years later. So, bottom yeah. line is, there's a lot of young kids that they're going to be doing a lot of teaching. I think they put together a good coaching staff of guys uh, from different organizations and within that. We're going to be able to work with these guys. And, Harold, you know how important it is to you know, get these young guys and teach them the fundamentals. And I think yeah. you know, fundamentals are a bit of a breakdown. And in, in not only just baseball, I think all the sports these days. I think athletes have never been better, never been stronger, faster. But, you know, the, you know, the, the fundamentals and, and some of the disciplines have uh, kind of gone away. And I think that's where Craig is going to really shine this year. No, no doubt. Hey, you know, one thing I think about when I think about the Brewers, Bill, and you've been – You've been at Old County Stadium, and now you're in the, the place the ball flies in. And I don't think people realize how difficult it is to pitch in that place. The ball flies. We talk about Colorado. You talk yeah. about different parks. But you don't ever equate Milwaukee with, uh-oh, it's tough to pitch here. Have, yeah. have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. I mean, your sinker ballers uh, do pretty well. You know, just like in Colorado, you got to keep the ball down. you got to make good pitches. You know, balls, particularly gaps to gaps at Miller Park, they're going to fly. And, you know, Doug Melvin, you know, previous general manager for many years, built his team to hit home runs. And the flip side of that is because of Miller Park, because is a kind of, I wouldn't say band box, but the ball does carry pretty well, like you said. But they hit a lot of home runs. They give up a lot of home runs. And you just hope you can outslug them. That's kind of been the Brewers' way for many years. You know, Harvey's wall bangers and stuff like that. But I think you're going to see a little bit different approach uh, next year going in. You know, they just signed Chris Carter, big home run hitter. Yeah. Brian Braun's back. But, you know, you're not going to see, I think, the home runs that you're accustomed to seeing from the Brewers, even even playing at Miller Park. Hey, um, Rock, because uh, you have such great stories uh, with all your, your, your days with the Brewers as a broadcaster and as a player. I don't know if Harold's ever heard this one. W could you regale Harold with tales of guys locking each other into the men's room in the bullpen at County Stadium <laughs> during yeah. games? Because I love those yeah. stories. Well, there, there, there's one story. As a matter of fact, it's funny you should mention that because I have a book coming out in the spring. It's, uh, if These Walls Could Talk. Oh, wow. <laughs> Didn't even know it's that. Series, it's a series of... Uh, 
you know, stories and behind-the-scenes stuff. A lot of teams are doing it. You know, Drew Olson, um, you know, used to be a beat writer for the Brewers and uh, currently on the radio. But we got together. We're doing this book. It's coming out in spring. Stories like this, I will share the one with you. It's Bob McClure after a long night out. And, um, you know, he was showed up at the ballpark. <laughs> And instead of shagging flies during batting practice, remember when pitchers used to shag flies? And oh, yeah. Instead of, instead of tipping the clubhouse guys, they chase them down for you. But uh, instead of, um, you know, shagging out there in the field, he decides to go into the bathroom in the bullpen. No windows, no, you know, a door. And uh, the guy's got a sense of that and tied the flagpole rope to the handle because it opened in. <laughs> <laughs> so during the national anthem, everybody's up. Your national anthem is playing, and the flagpole is swinging back and forth because McClure is pulling on the door. They finally let him in. They let they left him in there for about an hour. So, uh, long story short, don't you know? Don't try to hide and get out of shagging flies and BP. I just don't think that yeah. kind of stuff would happen today. Honestly, like the thought of a guy showing up you know, boxed or whatever it was, or, you know, hanging or whatever was the story with him, and then deciding to sleep in the men's room in the bullpen for a little while. And it, I, I don't know if ballparks yeah. today allow that to happen. And with Twitter and all that stuff, Brock, I don't think it happens today. Well, I think I think what would happen today is the guy would just not even go out to BP and just hang out in the training room, you know. So you, you got to tip your – you got to give McClure a little bit of credit for making the effort at least – you know, hiding that he wasn't uh, feeling good. Then. Hey, let's. You know what? We, I, I had no idea that you had a book uh, waiting in the wings, and maybe uh, you're in it, it. By the way, you're in it. Uh, uh, you're in it. You got so many good stories about you too. Good. Can't can't wait to read what I did. Uh, <laughs> the Murphy, Murphy bed story in Kansas City. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know where that one is. I know where that one's going. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have you on again, uh, Bill, a little bit later on in the uh, hot stove season. Yeah, you got to pop that book. Give yeah. the book a good pop. And uh, are you yeah. doing fantasy camp again this year? Yeah. Matter of fact, leaving in a couple of weeks. Uh, we got eighty-four strong uh, going down to Arizona. We got uh, you know great list of coaches. You know, um, you know, Robin Robin's going to be down there this year for a few days, but. Um, we're looking forward to it. It's the beginning of baseball season for me and a lot of the folks here in Wisconsin. Great baseball fans. I love doing this fantasy camp, and uh, we always have a good time. Hey, Bill, thanks for the phone call, man. It's good to catch up. It's been, been too long, and uh, we'll talk to you again when we get closer to your book being released. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Rock at the moment is down in Arizona at fantasy camp and getting a bunch of fans ready to go for Brewers season. And hopefully Rock is feeling ready to go for spring training, which starts in just a matter of weeks down in Maryville. Checking in on the farm. We look at our minor league system as we always do in Brewers on Tap. The Brewers Vice President of Amateur Scouting, Ray Montgomery, chatted earlier with MLB Now. We'll hear from Ray Montgomery in that conversation. And I also had an opportunity to catch up with Clint Coulter, one of the talented prospects in the Brewers system, number six, according to MLB.com, at this last weekend's Brewers on Deck event. So this week, in checking in on the farm, we hear from Ray Montgomery on MLB Now and Clint Coulter from Brewers on Deck. 
Let's find out who can make an impact on this team this season as we welcome in the vice president of amateur scouting and the special assistant to the GM, Ray Montgomery. Ray, welcome to MLB Now, and let's get the overall outlook of the system at first from you because you're about a year and change into your job here with the Milwaukee Brewers, and there's a new GM. Has there been a shift in philosophy with this regime? Uh, I wouldn't say a shift in philosophy so much as, you know, we're in a different timetable in terms of where we are competitively um, at the major league level. But, you know, we, we keep stressing that we're trying to get the best talent we can in the system. And it's, you know, it's an opportune time for guys to take advantage of that. So some of those names I heard there with fielders and bronze, you know, time for the next group to come through. Ray, this is Carlos Pena. I just wanted to ask you about Orlando Arcia. You know, the way that scouts talk about his defense, you know, that how he's just a shortstop through and through, but he can also swing the bat, as I can see, with a little bit of pop. Can you tell me about his progress? Yeah, his progress has been good, and you're right, Carlos. I think, you know, he does get pigeonholed maybe initially as the defensive first-type guy at shortstop, and, and any time you have a player of his caliber at, at that position – that's certainly what you want to hear. But you're right. The offensive side of his game matches the defensive side. It's, it's the complete package. And we're seeing a nice group of shortstops in, entering the big leagues right now. And I'm sure he's going to get his opportunity to be the next one. Ray, it's Ben Ryder from Sports Illustrated here. It seems to me that you got two pieces of your long-term outfield in one deal in Brett Phillips and Domingo Santana. Do you agree with that? And what do we expect from them uh, this year and in the future? Yeah, you know, listen, you look at different times when you acquire guys, and, and certainly giving up the caliber player of you know Carlos Gomez is tough, but he was in that position a few years ago, too, where maybe Brett and Santana are now, where they, they move to a different organization. The opportunity exists for them to get plenty of major league playing time. Um, and I do agree with it. I think the idea with those two guys is that they have the opportunity to be everyday guys in the big league. It may not be this year, but... Um, no timetable, certainly, on them in terms of their development. They'll let us know. Right, this is John Smoltz. How much of what goes on in your own d- division determines the window of a club? In other words, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and now the Cubs have taken hold of that division. Do you see yourselves in a window where you can develop and as they run their course, make that timing? We see a lot of clubs in the National League kind of in the same boat. Yeah, I think it's a fair a fair point. Uh, those organizations, obviously, coming off the years they've had, the National League Central has turned into arguably the best division in baseball in terms of, you know, at the top there. And, uh, you know, we had our share in, in 08 and 11 where we were competitive, and maybe some of those other clubs were retooling, refurbishing, whichever, whichever word you want to put on that. Um, I think in our case, I think we may surprise some people. Again, no timetables in terms of uh, how long it takes. But I know the talent that we're going to talk about exists to where, you know, it can turn pretty quickly. Ray, how do you balance development with seeing these guys actually try out in Major League Baseball? Because this year you could have some spots open up for players and the system is building. But when is too much too soon? Yeah, and you touch on what I think is is a critical piece. Too much too soon can do much more harm than um, a good developmental path where you know a guy enters the big leagues with an opportunity to to stay because right the goal is not just to get there um you want to put him in the best position to succeed so where his long-term future is what we're thinking about more than maybe today um and these guys the ones we're talking about here are certainly in that mold of guys that when they get there we want them to feel comfortable to have a long-term success right we appreciate the time thanks for coming on you got it thanks guys appreciate it 
Here we are at Brewers on Deck, and uh, one of the best parts about Brewers on Deck, not only do we have the alumni and the current players, but some of the future guys uh, with the Brewers organization. One of those guys is Clint Coulter, who joins us now. And, uh, Clint, this is a, a fun opportunity for you. It's your third time that you're getting a chance to come out here. Uh, I know we were joking a little bit that you're part of the no-number game, but you strive to have a number at some point. But this is a cool thing for you to be a part of, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, being a minor league guy, there's not many minor league guys invited that aren't, you know, 40-man roster guys and guys that potentially could be called up any second, you know. So, yeah, just being amongst these guys and getting to know uh, the staff and everything, it's fun. It is fun, and you said getting to know the staff. Not only is it a different staff, but it's a different team pretty much. I mean, you only got a couple of guys that are here from last year's Brewers on Deck event. You know, what's it like getting to know these guys? And probably a good thing they have names on the back of their uniforms, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's definitely a different vibes, you know. I feel like everyone's eager to be here and excited for the future, and so am I. I'm all on board and ready to get going. You see all these deals that have been made, the trades and, and guys that have been signed as free agents. You know, what that, what's that like for you in the offseason? You see kind of the wheeling and dealing. What, what's, your, what's your outlook on it, and, and how do you take it? I mean, I like to surround myself with the best players you can, you know. It's going to uh, breed uh, competitiveness, and uh, it's going to bring the best out of everyone, you know. So, and if the team's winning, you're playing good, you know, especially if you're a middle-of-the-order guy, which hopefully someday I'll be in the middle of that lineup. So uh, if uh, the team's winning, that's that's what you're looking for. And this is a big opportunity for you, too. You see some of the guys that are being shipped out, and now it gives better chances for guys like you to come through and, and strut your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everyone's uh, got equal opportunity. you got to make your own opportunities, and uh, I'm excited for this year. Hopefully it's going to be a good one. Hopefully get it chance to start in Biloxi and show what I can do. Clint Coulter is our guest and, and you mentioned getting an opportunity maybe to start in Biloxi last year in Brevard County had a good season you know how did you feel and how did you take away your season last year? You know I knew going in that it was, wasn't a hitter's league uh, you know right-handed hitter a lot of those ballparks are if anything maybe a left-handed okay for a left-handed hitter but even for lefties it's a, a tough league and uh, faced some real good pitching learned a lot and uh you know, I, I personally wouldn't necessarily say it was a good year, <laughs> but I'm a lot a lot harder on myself. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun year, and just keep improving. The Florida State League is not an easy one. You mentioned the tough ballparks. Those are massive ballparks. The wind is usually blowing in somewhere. Uh, what was it like getting adjusted to that? I, know, I still don't think I'm adjusted. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. You know, you see some big old donkeys just absolutely connect on a ball perfectly, and outfielders are camping underneath it at the warning track it's it was it was bizarre so it, it's a humbling humbling game you know that, that fence is almost ir- irreachable <laughs> unreachable <laughs> so if you go to Biloxi have you, have you heard from guys that went up this year you know Victor Roach was a teammate of yours he goes up has some good numbers up in Biloxi it's a pretty hitter friendly ballpark wind blows out to left there which is bodes well for a right-handed hitter oh I know yeah Vic was a beast <laughs> it was great having him uh, hitting behind me in Brevard and so hopefully, you know, we'll be able to have a 3-4 punch or something like that this year. And, you know, I think we're going to have a pretty solid squad, so it should be fun. A little position change for you last year, too. You were a catcher when you were first drafted, and now you're in the outfield. How was that transition? It was fun. You know, it was definitely different. Uh, being a catcher, you're so concerned about the pitching staff, and you directly affect about 15 other guys' careers. So you're, you're really uh, convicted and uh, – wanting to put forth your best effort for those guys as well as yourself so being able to just relax and almost having some me time out there (laughs) just out there you know in the grass 
uh, enjoying the game and lo- looking in, seeing all your teammates getting after it. Uh, it was fun. Do you have time to kind of collect your thoughts out there? You say me time, but I mean, <laughs> you're all by yourself out there in the outfield. Definitely. You know, it's, it helps a lot when you got center fielders like we have. You know, we had Omar Garcia out there and uh, Johnny Davis and you know, was, I just hugged the line a few extra steps because I knew that they had a few extra steps more than me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I was comfortable out there that, that I, if I couldn't get to it, they were going to be camped underneath it. Well, it was a good year for you, and I know you are your harshest critic. We all are. So uh, we look forward to great things for you this uh, coming season. You know, one more time about here, Brewers on Deck. It's your third time. What's it, what's it mean to you to be invited to something like this and, and to get the reaction from the fans? Absolutely. You know, everyone – kind of acts like wow long day you know uh, tough on you guys no quite the opposite for me I, I I love walking around seeing everyone you know excited about the upcoming season and uh you know our fan base here is amazing and every time I come here it blows me away at how you know committed and entertained the fans are just to be a part of the brewers and you know really get to get an insight of what the guys are like so it's it's a fun time and uh privilege always to come well, and they're getting to see your new haircut too or lack thereof on the haircut i mean you're going kind of cro magnon man with this thing <laughs> i know i uh like to keep it long in the off season but i'll trim it up you know get a little more clean cut once season rolls around it's business time so okay so you're gonna go full-on shave of the head or what are we doing well, i mean let's not get too crazy now <laughs> but maybe a little trim trim up and we'll see what happens you gotta keep a little bit of salad right yeah, that's right that's right, All right clint great job uh, again we look forward to great things for me here in 2016 thanks for the time yeah appreciate you having me As always, we remind you that you can check out all things Brewers Minor League Systems with the Brewers Minor League blog, Minor Details. You can get that by going to the website, minordetails.mlblogs.com. As is with this podcast, I'll be doing the Minor Details blog up until about spring training, and then whoever comes in to replace me in that number three broadcaster seat, they'll take over Minor Details from there on out. So make sure you check in. On Minor Details at minordetails.mlblogs.com. We teased it earlier about the prospect rankings, and the Brewers, now with all the trades and free agent signees, have one of the most talent-rich systems in all of baseball. And rankings are always fun. It's almost like Oscar nominations, where it is so subjective in the eyes of the beholders. But again, the Brewers are one of the top five systems in all of baseball now. And it's really been fun to see what David Stearns and Matt Arnold have been able to do, again, with the trades and the signings. But what has been interesting, and everybody talks about that Astros model. The Astros jumped onto the scene this last year, winning the American League West division, going into the playoffs. They could have beat the Kansas City Royals and moving on to the American League Championship Series. Unfortunately, their run came up a little bit short. But everybody talks about that Astros model where they struggled for so long, but then their system was able to provide all of this great depth for the Houston Astros. But what's a little bit of a misnomer in that situation is that only one of their big-time draft prospects, Carlos Correa, the shortstop, really came through that Astros system. Everything else was minor free agent deals, trades that were not really highly thought of. And that's what David Stearns always talks about. So it's interesting when you look at the prospect rankings for the Brewers on MLB.com and you see that the top 13 in the Brewers system, only two 
have come through trades. That is Brett Phillips, the number two prospect in the system behind shortstop Orlando Arcia. Phillips came over from the Astros in their Carlos Gomez and Mike Fires deal. And Zach Davies, the 10th best prospect according to MLB.com, he came over from Baltimore for Gerardo Parra. But 11 of that top 13 have either been drafted by the Brewers or signed internationally by Milwaukee's system. So that formula slash plan of attack that is already in place by Mark Atanasio, the owner of the Brewers, and David Stearns and Matt Arnold, that is already starting to show the fruits of that labor and building up that system so that the Brewers can be competitive for a very, very long time. And again, we talked about earlier the trade of Gene Segura, and a lot of you might be thinking to yourselves, well, who's going to play shortstop right now for the Brewers? Well, they made a deal with the Astros early on in the offseason to get Jonathan VR, shortstop prospect, was originally a member of the Philadelphia Phillies. He came to the Houston Astros in the Roy Oswalt deal. So if you look at the depth chart for the Brewers, Jonathan VR is more than likely going to be your everyday shortstop in the interim before Orlando Arcia comes up from the minor leagues. So that's what it looks like from the outset. We'll have to wait and see. Spring training is going to be a lot of fun because a lot of jobs are at stake for the Brewers. Maybe not so much in the outfield. Center field is going to be a, a point of interest to watch throughout the course of spring training. But a lot of jobs to be won for the Brewers in that opening day lineup for Craig Council. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Here's what's on tap for the Brewers. Well, we talked about it. Pitchers and catchers, they are going to be reporting to Maryvale on February the 19th, just a few short weeks away. First full workout coming a week later on February 25th. And the first official Cactus League games, the Brewers will start off with a split squad on March the 3rd against the Chicago Cubs in Maryvale and then in Scottsdale against the San Francisco Giants, which is interesting because the Brewers open up the spring slate with the Giants. They also open up the 2016 season against the San Francisco Giants. That's on April the 4th at Miller Park, and that leads us perfectly into a great opening day ticket opportunity. And due to limited inventory, fans can register for the chance to purchase opening day tickets by going to brewers.com slash opportunity and sign up for both the opening day ticket opportunity and the weekend game presale. Fans who register for the opening day opportunity will be entered into a random drawing for the chance to purchase opening day tickets. And fans who sign up for the weekend game presale have a chance to purchase tickets to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday home games before they go on sale to the general public. That'll begin at the Arctic Tailgate event towards the end of February. But if you don't want to wait for the Arctic Tailgate or for individual tickets to go on sale, you can guarantee your spot at opening day for free by purchasing a 10-pack. And it's tough to commit to games in advance. We all know that. That's why the Brewers have created a ticket plan that lets you pick your games as you go. With the Fans' Choice 10-pack, you can customize your ticket plan by selecting the 10 games that work best for you and your schedule. Plus, you'll get opening day as your free 11th game. You can pick all 10 games right now. You can also pick some now, some later. You can receive ticket vouchers for all 10 games and redeem them throughout the course of the season. Plus, the Brewers' flexible 10-pack exchange policy, you have the freedom to trade out games during the season. So if your schedule ever changes, it's easy to swap out tickets for a new game. 
the Fan Choice 10 pack start at just 160 bucks, and you'll save 35% off single game ticket prices. Call 414-902-HITS or visit brewers.com slash 10packs. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. We'll be back with you at spring training as the team is starting to take shape. Thank you again to our great guests, Chris Carter, the Brewers' new first baseman, Clint Coulter, potentially an outfielder of the future and the sixth best prospect in the Brewers' system, and to the MLB Network for allowing us the access to Bill Schroeder's interview on MLB's Hot Stove Show with Matt Vaskersian and Harold Reynolds, and Ray Montgomery's clip from MLB Now. My name is Jeff Levering. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll be back with you in spring training down in Maryvale. This is Brewers on Tap. Come on.